Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. everybody this is Toya and Eugenia and welcome back to woke doctor who welcome to our first full-length episode of woke doctor who in 2018 and in this episode we're going to be talking about love Love. in the universe love in the universe (laughs) (laughs) so you'll be getting lots of smoky sultry voices for your listening pleasure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes or maybe it'll just be me doing that because i'm a fool um <laughs> but yes we're gonna be talking about love in its many forms in the universe yes <laughs> yes so and that's the thing too because like um you know we know that people people have um like Sexual orientation all over the place. <laughs> all over the all place. over the place. I mean, you know, my sexual everyone... orientation is all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, sexual orientation is something that exists all over the spectrum. Yes, romance is something that exists all over a spectrum. Yes, and so one of the things that we really want to get at is the idea that love takes many forms, mm-hmm. and that that. You know, romance, even romance takes many forms. And so um, when we look at a show like Doctor Who that really is at the core of its being outside of being a time travel space show, Mm -hmm. it's about relationships. Yes. Um, It's really important for us to sort of examine how love is represented Mm -hmm. in in all aspects of the show. Yes, yes. And so today we're going to be talking about... The different versions of love, family love, romantic love, um, how it shows itself in the universe, uh, whether or not the doctor loves folks. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about all of that. So let's start by getting into one of our segments. The segments are back in 2018, you guys. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Don't Blink. All right. So let's start with the doctor. Does he have crushes on mm-hmm. folks what do you think Eugenia? yeah so one of the things like with with our don't blink said segment that we're trying mm-hmm. to get at is like what do you see quickly yes like what what comes across really quickly in the show yeah. what does it mean and so um there's a lot of discussion about whether the doctor is an asexual character mm-hmm. um and you know there's always evidence to and to and from, to yes. and against, for, yes, and, for against. and against. I'm like, where are all my words? <laughs> Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yes. All of that. There's always arguments for and against. And mm-hmm. so the main thing, though, is that my understanding, at the very least, of of all forms of sexuality and my own experience as well, is that, 
you know, you can definitely have crushes on someone that have nothing to do with romantic love. Yes. And nothing to do with lust. You Absolutely. Know? And, yeah. um, you know, I appreciate these conversations about, you know, who's an asexual character. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just so much about like personal, like it's all personal. Yeah. Like, because even if you are asexual, your personal expression of asexuality might be different than yes. the ones you're you're yes. seeing represented and there's always so much discussion about it and so it's just sort of like well we can just see what is on the screen and yeah. connect to it the way we want yeah. you know and so yeah it's yes. your frame of reference yes yeah and so um i think my first understanding so we 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 kicked the show off right mm-hmm. with eccleston and rose mm-hmm. yeah and it's so clear to me, at least, that Eccleston has a crush on yeah, Rose. Yeah, a huge one. A gigantic, <laughs> big schoolboy crush on yeah. the pretty blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it, it never, of course, reaches the point of like... <laughs> falling into bed Falling with one into another. bed or not even really sexual tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that the crush is there. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely there. Um, and, and it seems like it's there from the very beginning like mm-hmm. the very first episode i felt it from eccleston from nine towards rose um and it just started being reciprocated slowly from her direction um because we clearly see evidence of his jealousy when jack pops up because oh, yes. you know rose is taken by jack and i mean who wouldn't be yes. and so yeah, you you clearly see that he is jealous of the relationship that's forming um between Rose and Jack and about the fact that she is clearly attracted to Jack. Um and so then it's kind of further on that you see her making little overtures back in his direction, but for me it didn't come to serious fruition until the first full episode with the 10th doctor mm-hmm. um which i always call the cat hospital episode and i made <laughs> eugenia laugh <laughs> earlier with that one cuz i never remember the I name think it's of the any new of the earth. episodes the new earth yes where they were living in new 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 york yeah so um yes the new earth if we're being technical for me, the cat, cat hospital, hospital episode. <laughs> and in that episode, Rose says, you know, we were on our first date and we had chips. And so to me, that's a clear indication just being, you know, knowing that Rose was a young woman. So Rose was what, 19, 20 years old. That's clearly a girl saying this felt like a thing to me. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not she knew that it was feeling like a thing to the doctor at that point as well is kind of debatable. But she made it very clear that it was kind of a, it was a thing for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, of all doctors for it to come out with, mm-hmm. it's Tennant. Yeah. Because Tennant himself, really, you know, even when we, when we start talking about is the doctor asexual or not, I feel like everything kind of derails at David Tennant mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. he seems at least, you know, his doctor seems like such a sexual being. Yes, he played it that way very right, much. Right, very, me. very much. And yeah. so um, you know, when we start thinking about his interactions with not just the companions, but other characters, mm-hmm. the female characters that he meets on the show. Um, very flirty. Yes, so very flirty. And yeah. the the ones, the one that pops out to me mm-hmm. is, of course, the girl, the in, the girl in the fireplace. Place. Yeah. Yes, who he dated yeah. in real Tenet life. actually dated her. Yeah. <laughs> 
in real life yes. after that. So yeah. yeah. And so there was literally something brewing. Yes. Yeah. And you could see it. There yeah. was so oh, yeah, much was sexual tension. But he definitely had a crush on her the yes. second he I mean, maybe not when he met her mate that little seven year old girl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But you know, the second he met her as, as an adult, an adult yeah. woman, oh yes, there was snogging definitely. and he just snogged Madame, Madame Pompadour. Pompadour. <laughs> yes. It was a whole thing. And and she reciprocated mm-hmm. it. Like it was coming back from her direction mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, there was totally a sexual if they weren't actually having sex, there was an actual sexual tension thing that right. was exchanged back and forth between the two of them. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because a lot of times, you know, when I've had crushes on people, it's because they, they inspire me in some way. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're amazing at something or they're really funny or they're really this. They're right. really, they're fantastic artists, all that kind of stuff. And you could totally see the anatomy of that type of crush yes. that yes. he had on her because yes. she's so accomplished. The fact that when he went into his little mind reading thing, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know was a skill the doctor had until that moment, <laughs> but okay. Sure. Um, yep. And that she was able to, you know, come yes. back yes. and reciprocate on him. Yeah. Like it's very, it's very interesting to watch that because, um, you know, that's definitely an argument against like the doctor is not a sexual character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and or uh, is an, an asexual, asexual character. character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, I, I think that, you know, if we at least look at Tenet, Tenet has crushes. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think ten, the tenth doctor absolutely did. The ninth doctor absolutely did. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things about the doctor regenerating, that is so interesting is that all of those things seem to change with every iteration of the doctor. Right. And so the way the ninth doctor related to people is different than the way the 10th doctor did and on and on and on. And I think there are ways to read each of the doctors in a different way as far mm-hmm. as the sexuality spectrum right. is concerned. Um, I always kind of think of the doctor as a pansexual character. Yes. Um, and I mean that to say that the doctor is not straight. The doctor is not gay. Like, I feel like <laughs> the doctor is all of that. <laughs> you or know, none. Or none. Yeah. And has been in different relationships of the types that we know and types we couldn't even think of. Yeah. You know? And right. so, yeah, that he, that the doctor is pretty much the entire spectrum of yeah. sexuality in some ways, or, you know, in some forms. Yeah, and yeah. we've talked about here and there the um the Paul McCann doctor mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. he he ends up in a relationship mm-hmm. in an actual sexual relationship as far as I know. I still ha- I still need to track down that movie. Um <laughs> uh with the companion in that episode mm. whose name I can't remember was it Liz or something? I can't remember. But, you know, so when we talk about the doctors through time mm-hmm. and what, like, so we, the, like, when we talk about sexuality and the doctor, we can't just talk about just one. Right. The, one there's no one him. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Because, I mean, before we meet the doctor in the days of Gallifrey, the doctor has been married. Mm-hmm. The doctor has children. Yes. Um, and then the doctor we know eventually becomes married again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even see that marriage in two different versions of the doctor and how it looks different mm-hmm. depending on which Dr. River is married to. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, it looks different. And so we'll talk about River and her relationship with her husband um, in a little bit. But yeah. yeah, even in that way, you see two different 
forms of sexuality or not mm-hmm. um, from the doctor. Right. So. Right. And so when we move on from Tenet, who we know yes. has crushes, who yes. we oh, know definitely does. has sexual feelings yes. in some capacity, yes. and move on to, to Matt. Our, our, our favorite large child. <laughs> <laughs> or as my daughter calls him, Marmaduke. Marmaduke. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so when we move on to Eleven, um, do we feel like he has crushes on anybody? So I would have said no mm-hmm. until I actually went back and made myself start rewatching all the Clara episodes because I was like, no, you know, I'm a completionist. I have to watch all of it. You do so much better than me. <laughs> it's painful. It's so painful. I have not gone back and watched <sighs> the Clara episodes They're yet. Although so I have committed painful. myself to doing it, I just haven't been able to force myself They're to do so it yet. so painful to me. <laughs> uh, but no offense, Jenna. I love you and Victoria. We love you. Oh my God. <laughs> we love you and Victoria. In fact, I have like the next season. It's yes, just started. I'm I like, know. I want all of it no me too yes but anyways yes we love jenna don't love clara no but um even even with our little like steps to try mm-hmm. to redeem her i get her now yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean I have to like her <laughs> exactly exactly but um anyway so um i don't know that i would call any interaction that matt smith had with another character before that as a crush mm-hmm. until clara mm. um and the first time you know we we know that he meets her in asylum of the daleks yes. without knowing that it's her yes then he meets her again in the snowman mm-hmm. and finally makes the connection like oh oh this is a person that i've met before what the heck and that that sort of like game that intellectual like twister that little puzzle game is enough to draw him out of his depression you know which is great but when we see him in the first clara episode um as a companion the bells of saint john i think is what it was called um we see a man obsessed. Mm-hmm. We see a man who has an absolute obsessive crush yes. on this person that he can't figure out. Yeah. And that's another type of crush, too. Like, yes. uh, we've all done that where we see a dude from across or not a dude. Well, for me, a dude. Yes. For <laughs> other people, other people. Right. Um, see a person from across the room and like... They're compelling. Yeah. What Why? is it? What yeah. is it about them? And you're like, I must be near them. Yeah. I must be near them always. So I'm like, just going to follow you around and figure you <laughs> out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was very much where I saw mm. Matt Smith or where I saw Eleven with yeah. Clara is that he was just like, oh, who is this girl? What is yes. she doing? Why yes. is she in my life? I'm so, what is this? And yeah. I would definitely term that a crush. Yeah. I think it felt like for the doctor something new. And at, at one point, what point in the doc in the doctor's life is he seeing something new? Like at this point, he's what two thousand plus years yeah. old, and so he's very, just very like, old. "Ooh, something completely new and yes. compelling about this person, and I want to know all <laughs> about her." Yeah, <laughs> yes. So you know, yeah, I, 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 I can, I think I can get down with that. Yeah, um, having been a crush from eleven towards Clara, if I put aside, you know, my total for Clara. <laughs> I do think I do think it started off that way um, for eleven. Now I don't think it ended that no. way, but eh, that that's a discussion for another. Time. Yeah, and yeah, I can't think of any other examples of him. Yeah, necessarily having a crush because he didn't have a crush on Amy. She had no, a crush on him. She had a crush on him, yes. but he did. He was not feeling it in reverse, really. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't think he had one on River. Like, River wound up his wife, but it wasn't because of any romantic feelings on his part. Now, of course, she had a clear one on him. Like, Mm -hmm. there was clearly some romantic feeling from her direction. Um, I I love the idea. Um, I love hearing her in my head saying something like, you know, you insist on looking 12. Yes. (laughs) Because she's clearly a full grown woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Matt Smith was clearly several years younger than, you know, than her, than Alex. Um, And so her being this full grown woman who's in love with this character who insists on looking 12 Mm -hmm. was an entire thing. But it was very clear that from her direction, there's romantic feelings Mm -hmm. towards him and that she took the idea that he was her husband very seriously. Like that was a thing for her. Yeah. And I almost see his relationship with her, at least at the very beginning, um, kind of a a flip side um, with like a a little negative sheen Mm. on um, his, uh, his interest in Clara. Mm. Cause he spent most of their first few episodes together, uh, him and River trying to figure her out and Mm -hmm. kind of angrily trying to figure out like, what are you like Putting his hands on his waist and just being like, what are you? What is this? Yeah. What is this? And so, like, I mean, he, she was sent to kill him after all. Well, that's it. <laughs> and so, but, like, it almost seems like his avenue to connect with people mm. is finding them compelling and wanting to know everything about that, you yes. know? And so, um, I think that, you know... I, I wouldn't I don't know if I would term what he had with with River a crush, but it no. was almost kind of the same kind of uh, like structure and it kind of mm. like was the same kind of mentality mm-hmm. as he had for Clara of like of just sort of like, what is this person? I must figure them out. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, although he had a particular relationship with River, I always see Matt um, relating to River. I'm calling him Matt. I should call him Eleven. I always see <laughs> the Eleventh Doctor relating to River as a part of kind of the Amy Rory continuum. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Amy is his best friend. Rory is his best friend's husband, who he came to love as well. Um, and so, you know, she was just a pawn. Mm-hmm. In my mind, mm-hmm. to yeah, him. she was, and so pond. he loved her as a part of that. <laughs> river she was pond. a river pond, <laughs> <laughs> melody pond, river song. Yes. I still love that. I do too. And I had figured it out before then, but I was just like, oh, that's so cute, you know. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I do still love that. So I love that. I think in my mind that he saw her as part of that family. Mm-hmm. Like she was family to him, mm-hmm. but not in the way that we would traditionally think of as a spousal relationship. Mm-hmm. It didn't have those underpinnings of romance and, you know, kind of romantic and sexual love. Yeah. She was just a part of his family. And so she was loved kind of on the same level as yeah. Rory and Amy were loved. Like yeah. She was part of that group. Yeah. Yeah. The family group. Yeah. Yeah, not really. A yeah, crush. but not yeah, not sexual from right. his side right. anyway. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Capaldi, mm. do we think he ever had a crush? Like a crush, not just like a crush. Uh, no, like I didn't feel anything like that from him towards Clara at all. Um, and no, definitely not. I didn't. I didn't feel any kind of you know lightweight crushes or mm-hmm. anything either romantic or platonic mm-hmm. from him towards anybody um no it it feels like his relationship with clara always just felt so antagonistic right me. um 
where it was clear that he had that he cared for her, but it just they were always locked in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's how he feels for River, which we'll get into in a yes. little bit. And then there was how he felt for Bill, which again seemed more familial, although mm-hmm. it was also you know a teacher student mm-hmm. relationship, um, and one that had lots of care behind mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it was very clear that he thought of her as kind of his student, mm-hmm. um, and he was there to teach her, and right. she was there to learn. Um, so no, I didn't feel any kind yeah. of crushes from him towards anybody. Right. And so, yeah, like, I think with these four doctors so far, like, mm-hmm. we're seeing, we're starting to see, like, we've seen a very clear picture of who they are in terms of their attraction to other people. And not mm-hmm. just sexual attraction, but, you know, just attraction yeah, in general. Yeah, the kind of people they're drawn yeah, to. Right. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Like, I, I can't even imagine what what the person that... Capaldi would have had a crush on would be like mm. like I really wonder if it would even be because you know so far of the four that we've of the four we've had he seems to have been the only one that never had a crush on someone mm-hmm. and it might just be because he's Slytherin and you'd rather be alone right, right. Like, <laughs> but, screw that but yeah but like yeah I wonder what form that would even take yeah I mean mm. okay so well we're going to get into our river and her husband yes. discussion in a yes. minute because I, I think I'll talk about that when we yeah. get to that mm-hmm. because I do think that there are some clear signs of the kind of person that he, that the doctor in that capacity would have been attracted right. to. Yes. Um, if he had met River before she was his wife. Right. If she had just been a standalone person that he had met, I think River is the kind of person that the doctor would have been attracted to. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that a lot of it is like, um, in the same way that um, I mentioned with Ten, like kind of being just sort of overwhelmed and like astonished by mm-hmm. someone and mm-hmm. that's where his crushes come yeah. from i think that capaldi's might have been the same way yeah. Yeah. like he wanted to be like because you know with bill and um with bill and clara like neither of them were were super like neither of them were anything that could ever astonish a time lord yes. yeah <laughs> let's yeah. face it yeah except for you know matt smith and like the fact that she showed up in his life several times yeah. and said run you clever boy and remember yeah but like um you know yeah, it would have to be someone astonishingly yes, amazing. Exactly. And the person that we've seen that's been astonishingly amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, other than maybe Missy. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say maybe Missy. Maybe Missy. Um, I don't know that I would think of that as a crush just because they had had such a longstanding right. relationship. Um from time gone by, right. like the master first and now Missy. Right. Like, so they've known each other for millennia. Yes. So Yeah, and so it's the same case. Yeah. If they had just met at yes, that moment, exactly. that would have been This would have been the kind of person who would have intrigued him. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was this longstanding relationship with them ahead of time. And I think that River is the closest you come to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that she is in so many ways, his equal, mm-hmm. um, a, a, an intellectual equal and kind of a, <laughs> um, a badass equal as in, you know, she's up to no good half mm-hmm. of the time. And I think he would have loved and related to that. Um, yeah. And just willing to get herself into all kinds of audacious situations. Mm-hmm. And he would have been very impressed by all of that. And, you know, when we see him with River, we do see how impressed he is with all mm-hmm. of that. And the fact that she just kind of, 
runs full steam ahead in life and just does whatever the hell and he is standing off to the side completely delighted yes. all of that. <laughs> you know and the fact that he shows up as a doctor and he's like grinning at her yes. thinking that she'll totally get this and, and she, she does not doesn't. get it <laughs> and then like he's like how could you not recognize like you oh, could God. see it on his face yes. he's like how can you not recognize me i know you immediately yes. which i always find so beautiful um that the first time we see River, she knows him and he doesn't know her. Mm-hmm. And then the last time we see River, it's in the reverse. Yes. That he knows her and she doesn't know yes. him. And I always thought that was really, really beautiful. Yes, um, I do So, too. yeah, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into, uh, River in a minute. But, yes. You know, she's one of my favorite characters. So I can talk about <laughs> her forever. Yes. Oops. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. And, um, so I think we've put the, the, the doctor's crushes. We put them to, to bed. Rest. Yes. <laughs> to rest, to yes. bed, whatever. To bed. To Ooh. bed. To bed. Yes. That, that goes well with this episode. <laughs> and move on to familial love. Yes. In our segment called, Are You My Mummy? All right. So familial love on the TARDIS. Um, and so the first thing, the first time we see family on the TARDIS with the reboot is Rose and her mom, mm-hmm. Rose and Jackie. Um, and further along in the season, it becomes Rose and her mom and her dad mm-hmm. because her dad comes back around. But the first time we see family on the TARDIS, it is Rose and her single mom mm-hmm. um, who huh, the doctor treats as old and she's only 40. Let's just... <laughs> get that over with and the fact that i'm 39 it makes her very not old (laughs) to me but but anyway and so we get to see family in so many different iterations over these last several doctors and Mm -hmm. the first one we see is a single mom relationship with her teenage daughter yeah and that's really great like i always find that i've i i love jackie and rose's relationship yeah um because you know it's it's that kind of great relationship that you have when when the mom just really like i mean it's actually very common in single mother Mm -hmm. single mother specifically relationships yeah and um you know uh so i i love seeing that as the first thing it feels very real to Mm -hmm. me yeah (laughs) it feels very real to me because i'm in that Mm -hmm. this that is my family so it's me and my teenage daughter Mm -hmm. and so i love that it feels very real to me where your kid is old enough that she's not really a child anymore so she's not a baby and you're not doing the baby things that you did Mm -hmm. for her and so there's kind of that sad feeling you're kind of longing like you want to take care of them and they no longer need you to take care of them in that way and watching them kind of grow up and go off by themselves and so Sarah isn't yet at the age where Rose is so she's not quite at the age of having a job and kind of having to let her go but she's getting very close to that and so I relate to that so much that you're like okay this little person is now damn near an adult like I've done this part this part of momhood is finished for me and I see that in Jackie because she's trying so hard to hold on to Rose Mm -hmm. and Rose is pulling away as hard as she possibly can um and not only just pulling away to go on and live her life like she's (laughs) literally going off to space like she's (laughs) sailing through time and space with an alien it's a whole thing and so and you know her mom you know to be jackie and to be at that point where you're still so young yourself and it's like okay so what do i do with my life Mm -hmm. if i don't have 
this child to raise anymore because she's no longer a child. And I relate to that so much. And I love that relationship because you see Jackie trying to mom her still and Rose being like, no, I'm grown up and I can do these things by myself. And yet still caring enough about her mom to do things like leave her voicemail messages, you know, (laughs) from space. Yes. And this is the thing too, that, um, Jackie and Rose's relationship basically set the set the standard um mm-hmm. in the whole show for the fact that when a companion is gone they have a family still waiting yes, for them and yeah. they can still talk to them yes because had it not been the whole mistaken i've been gone for one day oh yes. oops oh, it's been, it's a, been year. a year yep. um like you know the doctor wouldn't ever have hacked a cell phone That's to be right. able to call. to be able to call home <laughs> yes. and tell your mom i know it's been 5 months but everything's fine right <laughs> and it's been so necessary yeah. in some other um some other yes. relationships yes. some other families that we've see- we see mm-hmm. on the show um so that was a really important thing to have sort of center what uh like that this show is about family essentially that that family is really important yeah and that's always a thing to think about that you know yeah in any iteration of mom and child you know there's always going to be the child is going to leave the home and mom is going to be like oh you know you've gone off and you've lived your life blah 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 but yeah there's something to be said about the fact that time passes differently on the TARDIS Mm -hmm. and that these people are human people that the doctor takes off with him. And people usually come with families. You come with folks who love and care about you who have been left behind and what happens in the lives of those people when you're not there. Um, And I'm skipping over a little bit and we'll come back, but that is even brought up when you see um, 11 with Amy and Rory. Oh yes. And the fact that he totally doesn't think about the fact that they're not on the TARDIS with him constantly. Mm-hmm. And so that means they have an entire life on Earth that he's not a part of. <laughs> like, he comes back and he's like, what do you mean? You have jobs? jobs? How do you have they're jobs? Like, yes. Like, what do you think we're doing? <laughs> what do you think we're doing when we're not here? And so I loved that. I love that we got to see that Amy and Rory actually do things aside mm-hmm. from just being the companion. You know, the, the show is so doctor-centered that it's so lovely to... um see the companions as whole human beings. So outside of the TARDIS, the fact that they have families and friends who wait for them, that they have things they do when they're not with the doctor. You know, people are writers, people are Mm -hmm. models, people are nurses. Like There's whole things happening. Um, And to see the way the different families work Mm -hmm. um, around the fact that their loved one has gone off Mm -hmm. to be with the doctor. Um, You know, there's Mickey and his grand. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of a comparable relationship to Jackie and her mom. So the single her, woman, uh, Rose and her mom. I mean, sorry, thank you, Jackie and her, <laughs> her daughter, daughter. <laughs> Rose and her mom. Um, so it's him with a single female parent, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so the idea that he has this grandmother who's blind, mm-hmm. by the way, yeah. Um, at some point, so is it Mickey or Rick? <sighs> Mickey or Ricky? The, the fact yeah. that Mickey and Ricky are a thing, yeah. And then which one's grand is blind anyway. <laughs> I think they're probably both. Maybe they're blind. both blind. I don't know. But Mickey has the single person, the single parent um, who he was raised with. And I think about that. Like, 
what did Grand think was happening whenever Mickey was on the TARDIS? Yeah, well, I mean, and that only really came to the forefront when we go meet Ricky. Yes, when we because meet Ricky. Yes. when we meet Ricky, his grand is already gone. Yes, yes. So, Mickey's yeah. grand is already yes. gone. And then Ricky's grand is like, you've been gone for like a year. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when he was fighting yes. the, the, the Cybermen. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so it's very interesting to, to see what this show has to say about um, families and mm. like their roles in live uh, the lives of their kids. Yes, when they are off doing whatever. Yes, and and how <clears throat> does that? So how does that get treated? You know, Rose, Rose's mom eventually winds up on the TARDIS right. with her for a while. You know, um, Martha's family winds up wrapped up in all of that stuff with the master, <sighs> and we've already talked about yes. the visuals of that. But her family gets pulled in, gets sucked into the world of the Doctor. Yep through her yeah um, because now the master is on earth and is ruining stuff (laughs) you know there's conflama and so they (laughs) they get sucked into it um with her and so they become a part of all of it right and even before that we see that gugu i forget yes gugu yeah her character's name trish trish uh tish tish sorry um (laughs) trish tish um is working for uh that lazarus guy and so you know she ends up getting pulled into it anyways as well and so when it like i think the show has a very clear perspective that as much as you want to be on your own your family is always going to be there all of the folks all of the companions we see when you have a family, they somehow get pulled into it. Right. It always becomes a thing. You, it, it's very clear that the doctor is the only character in this universe who's kind of on his own. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, all of the companions have somebody who tethers them to this world. Yes. Who gets sucked into this stuff with them. Like yes. they're never able to go off. And be completely by themselves. And that's even, that's even true for Bill. Yes. Who is a foster child. Like yes. her mom is gone. And even still, her mom becomes mm-hmm. a part of mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like oh. there's no way to get away from pulling the folks you love into this thing yep. with you. It's like the, the doctor's a vortex all yes, by himself. Yeah. And so it really becomes interesting then when you start thinking about Amy mm. and the fact that when we meet her, her parents, her parents are there. just not there. Yeah. They just do not exist yeah. because of the crack in her wall, you know? Yes. And so it's just sort of like, you know, uh, where we see Amy really sitting in terms of this familial love is like this found family. Mm-hmm. You know, she was raised by her found family. Yes. Let's face it. She was raised by Mel. Lord. <laughs> well, not really. But her raised, child. She yes. was raised by her, her child. Her child. I mean, because, you know. She grew up with her child. Grew up at least. With. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. You see this a lot. Yeah. In, in relation and in, uh, families where one or both parents are gone. Yeah. Is that they end up getting raised by everyone yeah. around them. Yeah. Rather than the, their parents. And so. Very much, you know, when we see Amy, and even once she wishes people, everyone back into existence, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's already grown. So yeah. she already kind of grew up through. She's an adult by then. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of grew up as an orphan still. Yes. And had, you know, even when she was able to retcon her parents back. Yeah. But her was her still... family was Mel and Rory. Right. Exactly. Like they were her family. And I wonder about how much time she spent with Rory's family. Yes. Um, and we never see anything about who Melody's folks were now of course we know that yeah. melody is river and river's folks were amy and rory <laughs> that, <sighs> uh, okay. 
okay. so you have to just suspend disbelief for Doctor Who, which is why I love yes. it so much. So, uh-uh. but I'm just like, were there, were there no folks who seem like, did it never occur to Amy and Rory that Melly had no parents? Like, how did she explain <laughs> that? Was she an orphan? Or and was she also a far- was foster she, child? Yeah, was she a foster or, child? Also, yeah, like Bill. And like Bill. Yeah. yeah, was she a foster child? Like, that never comes up. Right. It never comes up how this kid, because they say they grew up with her. So they've known her since she was a child. Right. Who how was I, taking yeah, care of this please kid? Please explain. <laughs> but I mean, Amy didn't even have anybody taking care of her either. No. You know, she said she yeah, lived with her aunt. aunt. Yeah. But we never see this aunt. Right. So... She clearly, she's al- allowed to use a stove at eight years right. old. She's so, cooking up bacon yeah. for the doctor. She's eight. <laughs> and so I actually really love that. I know it's completely inexplicable. But the reason why I love it is because Amy is a child mm-hmm. and the doctor in that inter- iteration, Marmaduke, feels like <laughs> a grown up child himself, mm-hmm. right? He's just a really tall child. Mm-hmm. And I love that because if we look at children's shows, and I I jotted down in my notebook, I always keep a notebook next to me when we recorded these, (laughs) I jotted down Max and Ruby. But it's it's the same thing with like (laughs) Charlie Brown and like all of these kids shows where it's like, there are vague parents somewhere, but you never see anybody's parents. If it's, if something's being told from the perspective of a child, there aren't any grown folks Mm -hmm ever mm-hmm. around you know and so i kind of love that that that's what it felt like it felt like a children's fairy tale where there's this kid who has a whole house to herself mm-hmm. um there are no parents there's kind of a vague aunt figure somewhere that we never even see and so basically grown folks is the doctor which right <laughs> it's <laughs> like but it's kind of the want 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 yeah. there there are no grown people right there's just kind of the vague idea of adults and so amy is she raised herself. Right. <laughs> you know, right. she you raised know herself. Yeah. And I feel like that's really valuable to show, to have, to yeah. show in the show. Because, you know, when you see the, the strong relationship that Jackie and Rose have, mm-hmm. and when you see how much Mickey cares about his grand and how that's reciprocated, yeah. and you see Martha's whole huge Her family. Entire family. Yeah. Um, and suddenly you think, well, what about the people that don't have that? That's right. You know, um, and even even kids from single parent households, some of them, you know, I like are raised by cousins, like yes. older cousins, yeah. you know. And it's not so much that they were raised, like they were given, you know, a roof over their heads and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But a lot of them, they were taught how to be a person, how to be an mm-hmm. adult by older kids. Yes, And I exactly. think that's a really valuable thing to show in the show. And yeah. it really sort of ties into the fact that, you know, love doesn't have to just be, like familial love doesn't have to be Parents just parent kids. to child. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, because... She, Amy had a family, Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't the traditional parents and child, there was Rory and Melody and Mm -hmm. they were her family. You know, they took care of one another and you see that relationship between the three of them and what that looked like. Um, And yes, like (laughs) Mel was hell on wheels, (laughs) but they loved her and she loved them and she was their best friend and they took care of each other the three of them um and it really felt like she took care of amy because rory had a family you know he had parents right and we get to meet rory's dad (laughs) you know hey mr weasley Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) 
um but yeah so rory had an actual family and it felt very much like mel and amy were kind of the ones who were joined at the Mm -hmm. hip um he seemed like he scared she scared rory a little bit uh which makes complete sense (laughs) to me yes yeah so yeah they they raised each other basically but yeah like going back to rory and his dad i love I love that character and I love those two Mm. characters together because you have yet to see, um, a father raise a son. Yes. In the show. Yeah. Period. Because we see, we do see Rose's, Rose's dad. Dad eventually. But you know, Rose's dad, that one that we saw didn't even raise Rose. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and then, so we haven't seen a dad yet, really. Yeah. Or like we see, we see, um, a dad with a finished product, with yes, three exactly. finished products yeah. in Martha's family. Yeah. But then this is the first time, at least I feel, yeah. um, unless I'm missing something, uh, that we really see a companion's dad on the show mm-hmm. that has a role in his son's raising, yeah. and in his kid's life, yeah. you know? And that's so great because, um, you know, it's so easy for us to keep talking about single mothers because there's such a, it's, you know, it's all over the show. Like we see mm. it a lot. And so, um, but like, what about not necessarily single dads, yeah, but like the but one out of the dads? picture. Yeah. yeah what, what about, about dads? dads? <laughs> you yeah. know, cause you know, I always think back to, um, <laughs> the reason that the uh men's rights movement first started mm. uh, uh, was essentially like it's not you know it's not anything what it is right now <laughs> but the idea was it, the idea of needing a representative and um for the fathers in the world you know mm. the idea that it's not always going to be the mother that gets custody mm. you know and it's not it shouldn't always be the dad that gets shoved to the side when they're mm. not in the like when they're not with the the mother anymore mm-hmm. you know and so that was the idea <laughs> behind the stupid beyond that stupid mra movement which we're not even gonna ugh. but you know I and do don't s- even feel free to to call us no. or contact us if you're one of those dudes nope. who ain't interested. No, no place for <laughs> Look, you. Don't even bother. No place for you in this boat. No, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it ain't gonna be nice nope. what you get in return. Nope, so no, 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 no. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Preemptively, no, thank yeah, you. Nope. Forever. Right. But um, I'm I'm bringing that up to say that you know we haven't seen like that fatherly yes, relationship yet in the yeah. show, at least not to the clarity that we do mm-hmm. when we actually see with Rory Arthur Weasley. <laughs> yes, with Arthur Weasley, who's always going to be Arthur Weasley. Yes. I've started watching Father Brown, you guys, and I've said this is basically, this is what would happen if Arthur Weasley tried to pretend that he was a priest. <laughs> like, <laughs> that show, I cannot... I cannot see him as anything other than Arthur Weasley. And yes. so I really think it's like him deciding to go live with the muggles a little bit. Yes. And he just pretends to be a priest <laughs> in like 1950s England. <laughs> yes. But yeah. So yeah. Um, And so that family love is something that the doctor gets pulled into. Mm-hmm. So Amy and Rory become family. They were family already as best friends who kind of, you know, he helped to raise her pretty mm-hmm. much. And then they get married. And mm-hmm. so now they wind up with the doctor and he's pulled into that family. And we see him as a part of that family, you know, kind of dipping in and out, um, showing up to Christmas where he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've laid a place for him. And then the baby comes and the baby becomes his wife after she grows up and he's literally a part of that family. And to so to see him 
have an entire family is was just so heartwarming yes. and lovely because the doctor is, you know, what is he called? The lonely God? Yeah. That's one of lo- his. Oh, yeah. Lonely angel, lonely God. Yeah. Whatever that's one of his eight them. million yeah. names. Yes. Um, and so he's he's a being who goes through the world pretty much alone. Mm-hmm. And so to see him surrounded with an actual family of people um, who he's tied to through love mm-hmm. and through marriage, you know, that these are people that actually have titles beyond friend, mm-hmm. like they belong to him. Yes. Um, is a level of love that I hadn't seen up until then. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that in earlier iterations of the doctor, maybe it's the first doctor. Yeah. The very granddaughter. first one that has granddaughter. Yeah, with him, yeah. But this was the first time for me that I ever saw the doctor with an actual family. Right. Which is yeah. why when he lost them, it was so, oh, so devastating. devastating. Because again, like, you know, when he didn't know what it was like to be part of the family, yeah. losing a family might not have hurt so much. Yeah. But once he did and he lost that family, it yeah. was devastating. It, it was devastating for him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me and for yes. my child who still has not forgiven me <laughs> for making me, for me making her watch that episode. It she still, still has not forgiven me. For, oh yeah. Every time. Oh. And I've seen it. Oh, good Lord. Probably 10 times by now. <laughs> and I cry every time. Um, Matt Smith yeah. is such a good actor too. Oh, that, he was oh, so good in that when, moment. When Amy says goodbye, it's just sort of, oh my oh, God, God, it hurts. It hurts. I feel it watching And him. it was just like he was willing her to stay with him. Yes. Um, and to me, that showed that the primary relationship there, as much as he loved all the other people in that family, the primary relationship was with Amy. Right. Like he was willing to let Rory go. Mm-hmm. It was sad. But he was like, the two of us can, we can just keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be together. Um, and to see her make her choice. So not only did he lose his family, but she had a choice to make and she didn't yep. choose him. Right. You know? And it all goes back to that Amy's Choice episode. Yeah. Who's she going to choose? Rory or the doctor? That's and right. she chose Rory. And she chose Rory. And it was the right choice. It was. But good Lord. You oh, know, for how it felt for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure he also knew it was the right choice, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make it not hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, she, and she had to choose him and to think, that she and Rory could at least spend the rest of their lives together, going through those memories together and making the doctor present for them and so mm-hmm. forth. He didn't have that. Yeah. Like he didn't have the person who he could talk about Amy with and talk about Rory with and keep them present yeah. for him. Yeah. Because yeah. even if he had River, she it wasn't it's the River. Same. Yep. Yeah. She has to rotate same. in and out. That's yes, always that, how River that's is. always gonna be the thing. There's no tying her down. Yeah. So she's not going to be with you constantly either. No. So he can't be with her and then they keep mm-hmm. the two of them alive for each right. other. Right. And so what we ended up seeing after that was um Jenny, Vastra and Strax mm-hmm. sort of become his pseudo family too. Yeah. And they helped him through his depression. Kind of get through that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just very interesting how this that doctor is the family doctor that's a doctor that needs a family he does and to see at the very end as he's regenerating into capaldi yeah at the very end amy comes back for him you know it's just i i find that so poignant what the doctor does in his last moments you know that nine you know just wanted to make Rose know how he felt Mm -hmm. like I think you're fantastic yes you know that 
10 was holding on yes, to I wanna, this i want to do this forever like yeah. I, and and that's so that one is poignant for me because donna says i was going to be with you, you forever, forever. Oh. and then for him to just be like i wanted to do this forever like i don't want to go i want to be this one mm-hmm. you know and then for matt it was his family like mm-hmm. his family came back for him yes. at the end like mm-hmm. that's just that was so Oh, okay. I'm not going to cry. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Saying, well, speaking of Donna, we yes. also see another family there. Oh, another Lord. single mother. Yes. But or then, at least at that point, single yeah. mother. I'm not sure. I don't remember what happened to her father. I don't. I feel like her dad was a part of her life, maybe. Yeah. But we never, like, he is not the big family character that we see her relating right. to. It's her mother and her, her grandfather. grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And so... That's a really interesting relationship too, Ugh. because that, that I think a lot of us women recognize. Yeah, but that also feels very real. Yes. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it is very real that, that mom where you're like, I can never make you happy. Right. Yeah. Right. There is, I'm, I'm just everything that I do is going to be wrong. Yeah. There's an entire episode. Yeah. That changes the entire like path of history yes, yes. of <laughs> i can never make my mom starts, happy yep, and that's all that's the whole thing of it Which, is that my mother nothing i do is ever right in mm-hmm. the eyes of my mother i'm mm-hmm. always going to make the wrong decision and yeah. yes it changes the entire course of history <laughs> and it's like how often has that happened yeah. in the actual world where well, it's like good lord i just made this choice because I my, just wanted my just mom. want my mother to shut up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Change the entire course of history. Yes. Yeah. And ultimately, her mother really does love her. Oh, of course she does. Very clearly. And we see that a lot in how much she's trying to protect her yeah. after the, the meta crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and after she has her memories taken away, how much she's coming after the doctor say, you have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. She can't see you. That's right. You know, and so we know that this is a woman that loves her daughter. We know this is a woman that cares about her daughter. She's not great at expressing it yeah. in a way that her daughter really accepts. Yeah, will receive. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, Donna stayed with her. You yes. Know? She's yes. been with her mother the entire time. Even once she has her, I believe, was he, did they get married yet? Mm-hmm. Her fiance, who ends up becoming her husband, mm-hmm. she, they still are in their mother's life. I don't know if they're maybe living with her. Yeah. I think they're living with I her. I think they're right? probably living together. Because he's not, he's not very wealthy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, they end up living with the mother. And so the care is there. The mm-hmm. relationship is there. And it's good to see that yeah. because even when we're like oh my god mom get out of my life you know it's it's so because you know we recognize that and it's so great to see in the show um to see play out like yeah my mom gets on my nerves but she's my mom and i love her and i care about her and it's a very real relationship Mm -hmm. it's a very real like i have that relationship with my mother where i'm like good lord (laughs) yeah like I know that nobody on the planet loves me more than my mother. Mm-hmm. I also know that there is nobody on the planet who gets on my nerves more, more than my mother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we're at constant, you know, beating heads, you know, knocking yeah. heads. And yet every time something goes wrong, I call my mother mm-hmm. because I'm, because I know that I know that there's nobody who cares about me and my welfare mm-hmm. more than she does. So even now at 39 years old, every time I'm sick, I call to tell my mother, like, you know, I don't feel well. And just to hear that, oh, and, and, and you know, I'll make you some soup and I'll send it home with your kid. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Anything that makes me feel taken care of and, you know, kind of 
mommed. Like you don't want, we say we don't want to be mothered mm. until we really want to be mothered. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's and true. I think that there's probably the same relationship with Donna and her mom mm-hmm. that she's just like, give me a break mm-hmm. all the time until that one moment when you really need her. Yes. Um, and Donna being ripped away from the doctor, you know, and having to return to her family whether she knew it or not, really needed her mother mm-hmm. at that time. She needed to be surrounded by people for whom, to whom she's important. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah, that she has to be, she has to be the entire universe for somebody, mm-hmm. and she was for her family. You yep. know, for that one moment, she was the most entire person, the most, most important, important person in the universe. universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and to know that you're always the most important person in the universe Mm -hmm. to somebody Mm -hmm. you know and whether her mother shows it or not she is to her Mm -hmm. mother and i think even to wilf yes (laughs) you know to wilf oh definitely he's great oh who i love to pieces yes but who you know deep down every now and then i think to myself you're You're responsible responsible. (laughs) (laughs) you're responsible for the end of tenet But oh. you can't, not, you can't not love him. It's, it's not true. His fault. He's just so sweet. Oh, yeah, it's not his oh. fault. Yes, yeah. But um, and then so after that, we move. Like, who have we left? We we have Bill, Bill and, and her mom. Yeah, and then Clara who, and Clara, who didn't have a family really. Well, she did. I remember. Um, I think what happened was so you know the whole I came into this universe on a yes. leaf. You know, so she had her parents. She had a loving. She had a family, but. In my mind, not that she never had a family, because everybody had a family. Right, right. But I feel like we they didn't see her. Yeah, no. we don't see her in her family. So we see, so with her, um, I think, and this is funny, because when I think back to the episodes, because I, the only Clara episode outside, like, there's three Clara episodes that I will watch over and over mm-hmm. again. And it's um, the D- Asylum mm-hmm. of, the, of Daleks, the Daleks, yeah. um, the Snowman episode, yes. and the uh, Last Christmas, yes. which I think is a great, oh, I love that episode. Yeah. And we see her family there, but I think yes. it's her dad, and then maybe an aunt, because that woman was not her mother. Because mm. I remember, like, I, I have to go back and watch yeah, Last Christmas again. Thing. Well, and... I can't remember if it's ever said in that episode, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure that's her dad. But when I went back and watched The Bells of St. John, her mom is already gone at that point. So her mom has passed away. Yeah. Um, and so we see a dad. Yeah. But we don't see him actually involved in her life at all. Right, right, right. So I, I can't even tell. It's like we don't get any sense of them. Right. Except for kind of the stuff she says about them, but there's no, like everybody else's parents or family, we actually see and get to know, and yes. they're involved in the lives yes. of the companions, even and, if they're no longer yeah, on of this plane. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like so, even Rose's dad, who wasn't, who was dead, yeah. in Rose's timeline, yeah. comes back, and we get to see him and see yeah. him involved with her. Um, Amy's parents, who didn't exist, even we still see them mm-hmm. at her wedding. Yep. Like they come back at some point, and so there's always. Like, Bill's mom is gone, and we yep. still get to see Bill's yeah. mom. And so there's something very weird about the fact that Clara is the one person who has family, but doesn't really have yeah. a family. Like, we don't get any sense of her as a part of yeah. her family. It's so funny, because the, the phrase that popped into my head is the the man, the myth, the whatever. The man, the myth, the legend. The legend. Thank you. Yeah. I could not remember the last part. <laughs> it's always how I am. I'm like, I remember seven-eighths of this line, so I'm going to say it and hope someone else has the last part. That's such a particular fraction. <laughs> no, seven-eighths. 
right. So the very small percentage <laughs> that I miss. But anyways, um, so yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Like Clara is very much that to the doctor at the very yes. least. She's the myth. Yeah. You know, it, to both doctors that she yeah. encounters with the face of the raven because now <laughs> Capaldi doesn't even know she, she ever doesn't existed. even remembers her <laughs> until the last moments of his life. Yeah. And yeah. so like her family – that's part of her myth as well. Yeah. Because let's just sort of like, you know, you think back to any of those mythological uh, figures, you're like, I don't know where they came from. Right. I don't know who their parents were. Yeah. You know, and so that's, I, I kind think that's of feel, part of it. Like, yeah. it feels like she popped into the world fully formed. Yes. Very much who so. Who is it? Who is that? Venus? Who just kind of. Oh, Aphrodite. Yeah. Yeah. Venus, Aphrodite, Aphrodite or Venus. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's the birth of Venus is the yes. name of the painting. Yeah. Right? But that's where the Roman. Just, yeah. Yeah. So. But she just kind of floats yep. in. Fully formed mm-hmm. on a shell. Yeah, like, or like that's how yeah. it feels. Or Athena, who yes. popped out of Zeus's head, head fully, fully formed in armor. Like, <laughs> so I'm like that. Yeah, that is kind of how it feels. Yes, of, of, you know how Clara feels. So you floated in on a leaf, and you yeah. are a, a grown person. Like yeah. you floated okay. in as an adult. Um, <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> It's as legitimate as anything else there was about Clara. Because I still, I swear, and. <laughs> I swear, I still don't understand the entire Clara thing. And that's why I have to force myself to go back and watch all the episodes. <laughs> and I still don't think I'm going to understand it. No. Nope. Because it really feels like of all of the characters and all of the stories that Moffat ran, that Clara was the one he just seemed to be winging it. Yep. Like, did you have an idea <laughs> about who she was supposed to be from the beginning? Or did you just like Jenna jenna louise coleman right yeah you just like jenna and you were like i'm i'm writing a part for you like mm-hmm. it, it just feels like he was making it up as he mm-hmm. went along one yeah. episode to the next and i don't know that there is a through line but yeah. i'm gonna try i'm well, gonna go like, back and see if it? i can figure it all out ryan murphy isn't that how he is that the guy who does american horror story mm-hmm. yeah and so he starts with an idea and then just sort of makes up the and you the can tell away. and you can tell because the first <laughs> mm, Four or five episodes of each of his shows are really, really good. And then halfway through, you're like, what the hell is going on? And then by the end, you're like, that ain't, that, that's nothing like what I thought was like, ugh. And I am an American Horror Story lover. So uh, I've done that through every single season where I'm like, this was really good. And yeah. then halfway through, you're like, what? And then you get to the end, you're like, yeah so the first season was probably the only one that i felt like okay this makes sense yeah how you wound up at the end made sense in the beginning all the other ones yeah Yeah. i tried to watch roanoke because i love like mysterious history kind of stuff and i was like i i watched the first episode way after it aired and was like that was pretty good and then saw some sort of promo or picture from a later one and Mm -hmm. was like why are there pig people what's happening (laughs) exactly where you're like what like (laughs) because he always has 15 okay this is so off topic but right. anyway it, you can always tell that he had like 15 things he wanted to talk about yeah. and he was determined to talk about all 15 of those things even if numbers 11 sense. through 15 had nothing to do with the first 10 things he's gonna figure out a way to shove it in that's why i haven't even watched the last season no i was no, over no, it nope after roanoke i was like nope Mm-mm. No, I'm over it. Plus, some of the folks left anyway, so I was like, "Well, I don't want to see. I don't want to see this." 
like I don't want to see it anymore. If she's not in it, I'm over it. So, yeah, yeah. I have not watched yeah. the last season. Okay, yeah. back. To, back so, anyways, to back to who. but yeah, that's very much how Clara feels. Like she's yes. a myth, and so it's just sort of like, yeah, I don't yeah. think that she really has any familial love. But I don't know that we can expect that. Like, who she is family? she? Because she's a person, and yeah, so people okay. have families. But we're not going to really talk about them too yeah, much. Like no, that's I'm how it felt. So, but eh. and then finally we have Bill, Bill and her mom. <laughs> You know, I love that this show even allows for her mother to be somewhat a fully fledged character, mm-hmm. even though she's she's passed, passed away. away. Yeah. Like, I love that because that's very much how um, our loved ones that move on. That's who they stay to us. Yes, you they're know? an actual person to us. Still. Yeah. 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 And I love that. I love that this show gave us an opportunity to see that. Yeah. And I love, like, you know, I've said it before that, you know, we do fostering in my family. And so I love to see that this is another way that family shows up and that that is actually present in the universe so Mm -hmm. that there are people who you know are orphans so there are people who have are part of foster families there are people who are adopted Mm -hmm. and i love that that you know you get to see that that there is a way that people are actually brought into families you know um through systems like fostering and then there are people who are brought into families on you know and the way that Mickey was brought into yes. Rose and Jackie's family, mm-hmm. that you just kind of have the people who you just kind of bring on along on. and make them a part of your family because yeah. they're your daughter's boyfriend or whoever, yep. you know, somebody's friend that, you know, that they are kind of legal and, you know, extra legal <laughs> ways to become family. <laughs> you know, it's in through the laws and outside of the laws yes. um, where people become family. You know, my family has done it through actual foster care. And then there are just the kids in the neighborhood that your family oh, yes. winds up loving and taking care of. The mm-hmm. kids that are being babysat, you know, the kids who are my, like my best friends growing up, all, all of them feel like a part of my family because they've known my mother since they were children. Mm-hmm. They've known my grandparents. Um, there are people who I met, my best friends from college who became part of my family that mm-hmm. way. Even ex-boyfriends who still ask me about my family. <laughs> uh, and so there are all kinds of ways, um, to show family and there are all kinds of familial setups that aren't necessarily you know, the two parents, you know, the two and a half kids and a dog. Yeah. So. And I think the show has done, for the most part, a, a really, really good, good job, job. Yeah. representing it. Um, there are still questions of, um, you know, like, you know, whether we're going to see um, really mixed families at mm. any point, you know, yeah. and that's a that's a thing that I really wonder because and a lot of it is personal for me because my my family is mixed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it, but, you know, it's just sort of at this point, they've done they've had a very good track record. They, they with families, have. You know, and I want to see it's great. I want to see two dads. I want to yeah, see me two moms. Exactly. You know, I want to see yeah. stuff like that. And so I'm looking forward to seeing you know, different mm-hmm. iterations of families. Um, what does it look like if there are more than one kid and these kids are adopted yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so there are so many different setups of families they haven't yes. explored yet. And so I really look forward to seeing that happening because so far they have a pretty good track record. They and do. I'm excited to see what Chibnall will do. Yes. But now that we've explored family, let's get into the sexy stuff. You know. <laughs> Let's talk about romantic love and lust in our segment called Alonzi Alonzo. All right. So, lust, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be singing Let's Talk About Sex. Okay. So, but let's talk about it. Um, 
we don't literally see the doctor ever having sex no. on the TARDIS. Sex has happened on the TARDIS because yes. we know that River <laughs> was conceived, River was on, conceived the on the TARDIS. Yes. Um, and we know that not only sex has happened, but like kinky sex, like, you know, Amy and Rory are wearing costumes yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's all kinds of stuff happening on the TARDIS at some point. Um, but we never actually see the doctor having a sexual relationship. I, however, think that it is heavily implied between Capaldi and River. And so now we're getting to the part where I really, I really love talking about the short amount of time we see the relationship between the 12th Doctor and River, his wife. Um, because in that final night on Derillium? Derillium, yeah. That final night on Derillium, that 24-year-long night on mm-hmm. Derillium, I defy you to tell me (laughs) that nothing sexual happened because I'll be darned if I'll believe that River Song went 24 years without ever laying hands on the doctor, particularly since when we see her married to Matt Smith's version of the doctor, there's so much longing oozing Mm -hmm. from her for him that is not reciprocated. And you see her so frustrated, like river to me is clearly sexually frustrated. Like she wants to do something. And that, that moment where she says stuff like, you know, and you insist upon looking 12 Mm -hmm. was, it was in part because she was hurt at that point. What was it? Her wrist was broken or her hand or something. Oh, I can't remember which, at which point she said that one. I feel like it happened right then because he was basically like, why didn't you tell me that something was wrong? You know, I could have done something about it. And she's, like responding in frustration that you know when you're in love with somebody who never falls apart mm-hmm. and insists on looking 12 oh, you don't yeah. really want to say yeah, yeah, you yeah, know right. something's aching honey yeah and so she didn't want to look old right to the doctor who come on is impossibly older yes. than her but she doesn't <laughs> want to look old to him right um and so then when she comes in contact with Capaldi's version of the doctor, she's finally in what looks like an age appropriate relationship because he's still like several thousand years old, mm-hmm. but it looks right. Like the yes. visuals are right. And she all, she obviously feels like now, now is my chance to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So please, please do not try to tell me that nothing happened in that long. And night. it's reciprocated by the doctor. Absolutely. It is. So, I mean, you know, he likes her. She, she likes like him, him. And they um, alone for 24 mm-hmm. years. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> On a romantic, like in a romantic <laughs> yes. place, you know what I mean? And so, come on, like, obviously something, some things took place there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that obviously means something to Capaldi's version of the doctor. And I think that because, you know, we see when he has his office as a professor for mm-hmm. Bill, we see her. Like she's on the desk yes. in those pictures. Oh yeah, you know he has pictures of his family, and she's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it means something to him, right? And that was so wonderful for me to see this older, and I don't mean that as an old because Alex Kingston is not old, but to see like a mature woman mm-hmm. and to see a mature woman's sexuality and a mature man 
like sending it, shooting it back mm-hmm. in her direction. Like that was super sexy. Oh, it was super sweet it. and super sexy. And I was like, yes, get mm-hmm. it. Like, <laughs> totally doing it for 24 years. <laughs> nice, hot. Like, like, like if that, if you're going to go out, that's mm-hmm. the way to go out yeah. with a literal bang <laughs> for 24 years. Like, do it for 24 years like that's the best that's the best thing that i can imagine yes. like if you're gonna have one night with your dude that's the way to do yes yeah and the fact that he did that on purpose mm-hmm. like he did it on purpose to give her 20 okay girl you've been waiting long i know that i was 12 before <laughs> so now like we're gonna do it for 24 years i hope like take all the aggression out like yes. let's get it let's- we're gonna <laughs> get it for 24 years. and i hope it was worth the wait which now we're going there. Yes. Is the doctor a good lover? I feel like he has to be. He has to be. He's a million years old. Yeah, like, I think he has he to has be. He has to be. Like, come on. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, when you are a being to which gender and age is kind of meaningless, mm-hmm. like, I'm telling you. You have you to can, know every trick in yeah, the book. Like, you do. he's done something with somebody yes. like, of every every form or fashion <laughs> like he probably knows all kinds of stuff none of us would ever think about uh-huh. all kinds of positions all kinds of st- stuff on the human body that we were like <laughs> i didn't even know that existed of course he knows it exists because he's probably been watching us since we crawled out of the ocean i mean <laughs> like, yeah. what in the world what would sex on gallifrey even mean <gasps> like what does that even what mean? is that like what, what is, is that it? like what is it and okay so the doctor is in humanoid bodies right yes but is a doctor in a, like don't, don't say what else you have to of <laughs> i was not gonna say that but <laughs> since we own it human body better than even humans yes. do okay that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. eugenia <laughs> <laughs> took it to a completely triple x place where Sorry. i was still residing in nc-17 so this, <laughs> so this is her fault we told you at the beginning of every episode that it's at least a PG-13 podcast. So I hope that you have taken that seriously and that there are no children listening with you who are beyond, who are beneath the age of 13. My kid would not find any of this the least bit alarming because she has lived with me her entire life. And none of this comes close to the worst thing she's heard. But I don't know what your children are like. 
My so Jesus. please, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of your fault, though, if you let your kid listen to the Love and the Universe <laughs> episode, and we told you from the beginning that we're going to start talking about sexuality with the doctor. So. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Okay. River and the doctor totally did it. Next. Yes. Next. <laughs> All right. So we would be remiss in... um in an episode about love in the universe (laughs) if we didn't talk about jack (laughs) (laughs) so we're taking not getting better (laughs) (laughs) jack Jack is totally not pg-13 no this is not getting better okay oh god now my head hurts (laughs) my cheeks hurt. okay jack Jack, like the doctor, is kind of a pa- is a pansexual yes, in my mind. So very Jack much. is very much a I like everybody. Mm-hmm. He seems to like everybody he comes in contact with. So he's such kind of a polar opposite from the doctor. And that's not to say that every iteration of the doctor, as we've discussed, that's not to say that they were all asexual or that, you know, the doctor didn't have any sexual feelings for anybody, but Jack has sexual feelings for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack yep. is pretty much attracted to everybody he comes in contact with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it seems like most of them are attracted to him in return. I mean, look at him. <laughs> well, say. yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know, I actually felt a little bit from Tenant for Ten to Jack. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see. Oh, it yeah. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a little. Hmm. Well, and especially <laughs> after the, like, you know, as he leaves, he drops someone who's exactly, you know. Yeah. Exactly Jack's taste yes. right in his lap. Like, here you go. Like, yeah. I've been thinking about what yeah. you like. Yeah, I know so. what you like. <laughs> Have fun, boys. Yeah, I see it too. And again, it's that, you know, Ten is a sexual being mm-hmm. and he makes clear that and he's he a gets sexual it. being. Yep. 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 And I like that. But I love how much, like, we see the tamest parts of Jack and then they're like, this is too much. You get your own Oh, yeah. Show. He got shipped <laughs> off to Torchwood because eventually he was no longer kid friendly. No. Nope. Um, and even though, like, Torchwood to me, and I've, I was a Torchwood watcher as well. So, mm-hmm. but Torchwood never got over the top right. to me. Right. Now, of course, I'm an adult, but I mean, there wasn't like wild sex no. happening on yeah. Torchwood. They just explored themes a little right. more deeply. It was it was no different than like your standard WB show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Buffy yeah. or Angel. It was no more or, sexual than that. It's probably less sexual yeah. than Angel. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, or like Supernatural. Or, yeah, yeah. It was no more sexual than that. But yeah. it did allow them to really explore yeah. relationships. Yeah, adult and relationships. Real sex, yeah, you know? and like, actual sex yeah, and sexuality. Like, yeah. and, and so I, I loved I loved that there was they finally found an outlet for yeah. Jack to really be his truest Jack. Yeah, the Jack got to have a dude and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, like he got to actually do some yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. over on Torchwood. Yeah, and so there's a discussion to be had here of like how much of that is like is appropriate for yeah. Doctor for, Who for a, a quote unquote children right. show, right? Yeah, and so um, you know, I I keep coming back to this question of like when we discuss romantic love in the Hooniverse, what did it, like in Doctor Who specifically, mm-hmm. um, like. What is it that I feel like is missing? And so for me, like when I like we can talk about Jack's sexual exploits oh, from Lord. <laughs> now to Kingdom. Right, Come. I was like but, from here until yes. But um, you know, what is missing? So like I keep thinking about um uh like anytime 
anytime I've really seen like relationships start on the show, Mm -hmm. you know, and we see lots of relationships start who knows when they end with Jack on the show. But for like the companions, like Mm -hmm. when we see those relationships start and end um, or, you know, mainly start. And um, I keep thinking back to uh, Danny's first episode, Danny Mm -hmm. Pink's first episode. Mm -hmm. And, how that meet cute between him and Clara yeah. was just so adorable. Yeah. And I remember seeing it and going, I've never seen this on this show before. Like, mm-hmm. we've never really seen, like, a first date. Yeah. Where somebody really. meets and hits it yeah. off. Yeah. What or, happens. Or we hadn't until that yeah. point. Yep. And so I remember seeing that and being like, oh, yay. Like, this is it. This is it. This is finally, um, you know, we're giving them Tumblr fodder. And you know? then... And then the next episode, we see they're in a fully fledged relationship yeah. already, and they've uh, totally missed out on all the romance, yeah, so and all the courtship, no getting to know one another, right? No- and then that relationship ends so abruptly right. and so quickly, like we don't get to explore it mm-hmm. much. Um, like they're in the relationship, and then he's the jealous boyfriend, mm-hmm. and then he's dead, dead. like he's a Cyberman, yes. like it just. What? Uh, what? What? It's like finally we have what could be a really nice and sweet little relationship, and finally we would get to explore what it would mean not just to have a family, but to have like a romantic partner Mm -hmm. who's not a part of what's going on in the TARDIS, and what would that be like? Right. Um. And that's just cut off. Yes, it's completely cut off. They completely cut it off, and I still don't understand. Like they cut off, they cut it off at the end, Mm -hmm. and then they cut off. The actual meat of them getting to that to relationship. That point, yeah. And I just don't even understand because, um, I don't see that as something that's inappropriate for kids to right. see. Like, I mean, when it comes down to it, many young girls, that's exactly what they want to yeah, see. Yeah. They want to like, see dating. Yeah. Let's talk about the first time I ever watched Pride and Prejudice and was like, ah, oh, yeah, yes, this is it. You know, yes. and it was like, <laughs> what? That one with Colin Firth came out in 1984. So I had the ability from when I was three yes. on to see it so yes. like yeah like because i still watch it at least yes, twice a year me too <laughs> um but like the idea of what that represents even for young kids yes. they never touch you know yeah. but they're courting but, each and other it's so romantic and, it's so like romantic. If, and you can feel that yes and so we don't get to we haven't gotten to see that from anybody like every relationship is already a fully formed thing mm-hmm. you know rose and mickey were already together before yep. we meet them Amy and Rory are already together before we meet them. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we meet Amy as a child, but then when she comes back as an adult, she and Rory are already a thing. They're yep. engaged. They're about to get married. Like, it's already a thing. So we don't get to see that when Rory goes from friend to boyfriend mm-hmm. and then how that kind of plays itself out to the let's get married. We don't see any of that. Right. You know? And I'm I'm still like struggling with why it is that that's not on the show yeah. when it's especially I, I already mentioned Tumblr a couple times. <laughs> like we see all of this like extra te- extra textual like fan fiction mm-hmm. stuff like on Tumblr all over the place. Like you can't tell me that you haven't seen some sort of gift set yeah. with little like scripty writing over it about love right. with like any any characters from this show yes. next to each other. Like it's there and it's wanted and it's sought after by the people that watch the show. And so my my big thing that I really want to not be the case that I kind of worry is is that there's a tendency um, in a lot of media, especially that run by run by men, mm-hmm. um, for anything that teenage girls like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Stays with teenage girls. Yeah. It's something that nobody else should ever have to see because it's silly and it's frivolous and why even bother? And that's... And it's I, like I want it not to be that. Yeah, kids exist that are girls. So even if you're saying that Doctor Who is a kids show, all kids aren't boys. Right. Like, right. You know, they're yes. girls. And there are things that they care about too. And by the way, boys date. They care about that kind of stuff. They mm-hmm. have to. Like they're people, right? Yeah. Yes. And so why why cut that out? I mean, as we were talking, it occurred to me that the only kind of courtship we see is Amy uh, is River and the Doctor. Right. And we don't really see Mm-mm. it. We just see River talking about it. So she talks about, and she writes in her journal mm-hmm. about all the dates she has with the doctor, but we never get to see nope. any of them. We see her coming back from her dates yep. all dressed up. Right. And so we know that they did some stuff, mm-hmm. but she kind of just refers to all mm-hmm. of these dates that they went on. And we just never see them being together, right. even if it wasn't the same level of romance in the doctor's direction to her, there was some actual courtship and dating happening behind the scenes that we just never get to see. And she only refers to it later on. And I'm like, that would have been so, I would have liked to see that. Yeah, me too. And like, I think that, you know, 12 year old me would have too. Yeah. You know, and I think I can think of many 12 year olds that would have wanted to see that. And, you know, many of them happen to be women, Mm. you know? And so I'm just sort of like, okay, is that what it is? Because even once we get to Bill, you know, and she's a young, virile. Yes woman who yes. clearly is a sexual being. Yes. Um, we still see uh we see one date. We see her one date, which one is date. rudely interrupted. Rudely by the interrupted doctor. by the doctor. <laughs> and then we see her end up with a girl that she had she was interested in, but she's just there with her. Right. Like there's no courtship. There Where's was no the actual thing. Like they weren't actual girlfriends before yeah. she turned into a whole water monster or whatever it is <laughs> that she became. Like it wasn't like they were dating and we got to see that. We just saw that she was attracted to mm-hmm. her and there was some attraction back and that's it. And yeah. the next thing you know, they're running off into the universe together, like quote unquote dead Bill. Yeah. And the water monster. I know she's ex it's probably Heather. called something. Yeah, no, the yeah, pilot. She has a name, but like <clears throat> the pilot. Like it's called something. I think of her as the water monster. Yes. So but yes. <laughs> so Bill and Heather run off and are supposedly having this whole relationship like when did that be- when did yeah. you become how did you a thing like, enough where you want to run off with her how like, did you yeah how do you know her enough well to enough, do this yeah to go okay this is a girl i like enough to be trapped on some water dimension with like, forever what, forever what is really <laughs> like there there has to be something there you know and it's so it's so what weird does that me. look like yeah and what happens if you don't like each other right you just stuck with them like what <laughs> okay this is the, i've made a terrible mistake <laughs> like for, what? For, eternity. <laughs> for eternity like is there another water dimension you can go to if you don't like this your one water wife like how does that work <laughs> is there a divorce in water world (laughs) we'll come back to that questions that need answers yeah seriously so like when it comes down to it i really do think that this is a gap in what the show is showing us you know like i don't see i don't see as of course you know a woman i don't see the downside of showing a little bit of courtship yeah showing that you know it's not just 
I like him, he like me, we're together. And we're you together know? now. Like that's that can't be it, you know? Yeah. Because it's not that, you know, we expect this show to be so influential on these kids' lives that watch it, but I think the world might be a better place if we actually were to show, you know, people that watch shows like this yeah, what some, love can look like. some form of romance yeah, and, and courtship and how to treat one another yes. how to treat somebody you're interested yes. in yes we yeah. need it we do <laughs> we, we need really it do. and you know what that's those are the topics of conversation that are happening right mm-hmm. now yep it'll be very interesting to see if chibnall reflects any of that in the coming seasons really of doctor so. who like that's very much in the kind of worldwide conversation right now, what is courtship supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. What are sexual relationships mm-hmm. supposed to look like? Um, how do we understand and respect one another's boundaries? Mm-hmm. How do we engage with one another? What is rape culture and how is that yes. reflected in the ways that we relate to one another sexually? It will be really interesting to see if any of that comes up. And because Doctor Who confronts bigger and more serious themes all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And this last season had a whole lot Mm -hmm. of that stuff um, about fake news Mm -hmm. and about colonialism Mm -hmm. um, intentionally or not about black people Mm -hmm. and racism and how they're seen as monstrous um, and, you know, how black people are threatened, their lives threatened Mm -hmm. all the time. These are big, serious themes Mm -hmm. that have been addressed. And so it is not without precedent that serious things would be addressed Mm -hmm. in the world of Doctor Who. So I'm very interested to see if what's kind of the cultural conversation happening right now will be reflected in these upcoming seasons. Yeah. And the main thing is that this show just needs to care about it. You know, like that's the main thing is that, you know, um, the fact that it hasn't been presented so far is just showing that you don't care, you know, and that's, yeah, like it's time. Yeah. Time's up. It's time. time. Hey, Chibnall, it's time. (laughs) If any of y'all have a way to contact Chibnall, you let us know. Because I have questions. (laughs) I have questions. And I want to start with the face of Bo. That's a whole nother thing, though. We'll have a Jack episode at some yes. point. Because seriously, what? 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 That's a huge <laughs> hanging thread, but that has nothing to do with love in the Hooniverse. So we'll come back to that at another time. This has been a huge, <laughs> a huge and very interesting conversation about love and the way it's been reflected mm-hmm. in the Hooniverse. Um, love in all of its forms. And I think that we have loved on the Hooniverse <laughs> quite a bit today. Yes, We've we loved have. on them. Yep. Um, yes, it has been both platonic and romantic love for me. <laughs> yes. Things don't work out with Georgia. You know how to contact me, Tenet. <laughs> and so now that I have made Eugenia fall out. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there before we, before we have to put all kinds of warnings on this episode. Justin has already given us a look like, mm. it's going to be all kinds of warnings up front. No? Poor Justin. The stuff we have, we make him have to deal with. Entertaining for Justin. 
and as he figures out which parts of this are not going to make it into the final cut. So, <laughs> so you own this. But, <laughs> own it. He's making us take responsibility for our tomfoolery. <laughs> Everything that you will hear, everything that you're listening to now is the complete responsibility of myself and Eugenia yeah. and is to not reflect badly on our lovely producer, Justin. <laughs> All right. We're leaving y'all here before it gets any worse. I don't want to go. <laughs> but we absolutely have to this time. Bye, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, my face hurts. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my head. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>